Hello and welcome to a brand new post-trade deadline pre-Bucks game edition of the Simple Word Podcast. I am Jim Adair. With me as always is Max Rappaport. Max, how you doing? Doing great, Jim. Max, after a long and winding road of the past week and a half, roughly, when trade talk started heating up and for a while some people were asking for certain things, I was asking for just a teeny tiny bit of Davis Bertans and I was shut out. Um, but people were clamoring for the return of one of the Sixers' is, is recent greats. Uh, uh, maybe trade for a Drew Holiday if you could. Find a way to bring J.J. Redick back. Covington's right there to be traded. And you know what? They got what they wanted. They got a returning Sixers great, Glenn Robinson the third, baby. Hell yeah. Uh, if you were somehow listening to this and did not know of the two deals that were made earlier today for the Sixers, they acquired Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson the third from the Golden State Warriors for three seconds, none of which are their own, a 2020 Mavs, 2021 Nuggets, 2022 Raptors. And then they traded James Ennis to the Orlando Magic for a 2020 Lakers second. And then uh, because of having one too many men on the roster at the moment, they waived Trey Burke. And that is all the moves that the Sixers have done as of this recording. Max, how do you feel? Honestly, I mean, I, I would have liked to, I don't know. I guess I would have liked to see something bigger. I, I think the thing I'm most disappointed in is that they weren't able to turn Mike Scott. And I don't even know what the asset would be because I don't want to get rid of Zaire Smith. But like Mike Scott and maybe one of their high seconds to get a better uh, a better version of Mike Scott for the rest of the season. Yeah. Or to swap Kyle O'Quinn to a team that needed a center for a player who's can play power forward or, or play on the wing right as a backup. Um, other than that, I'm really happy with the, the Warriors trade. Like that went about as well as you could imagine. Like I don't, I don't really, I don't really understand it from the Warriors perspective. Like I know that they're where the Sixers were a few years ago where it's like, they don't need a guy who's putting up 16 a game and they're basically just like clearing, like clearing the decks to tank the rest of the year. But and I, they, I and they, they have like years and years of just giving all their picks away. Yeah, so just replenishing. I, I thought they could have done better, though. Like, I'm sure I, if they I'm could've. if I'm them, like to get both those guys. I, I mean, I thought I thought to get both of them, you would have to give up at least one of those early seconds. Um, yeah. Even if that's the only thing you gave up. I mean, these three seconds, I don't even care because they were going to sell them anyway. Like, right. The Dallas pick this year is what going to be like twenty something, like early like early twenties. The Denver pick should be low or should be late in the mm-hmm. second. Um, and the Toronto pick in 2022, like best case, that's like the 10th pick in the second round. And that's if things go really poorly in Toronto, which it seems like they're not. So I'm totally fine with that. I, I like both those players. I actually really like Glenn Robinson. Um, I think Alec Burks give that, gives them something they really were lacking, but at the same time, like, is he that much better than Trey Burke? Honestly, like. Mm-hmm. Is, he, is he that much of an upgrade over some of the guys they have now, or Korkmaz, or whoever's minutes he's going to be taking, or even Ennis, who they just traded? It, well, it seems like these two moves, essentially, what they did is they uh, where they netted a pick back, so they say they traded out two seconds, and in their minds, probably upgraded, got an upgraded Trey Burke and an upgraded mm-hmm. James Ennis. That's essentially what they did. Uh, guys who can be better three-point shooters can hopefully fit in better and, and do this and do that and not kind of follow the rotation, but they still have guys on the roster who aren't playing in Kyle O'Quinn and Jonah Bolton specifically. Um, I I would guess that once it gets closer to the, the buyout period and people are looking at those guys, you could have both of those guys dumped uh, and then pick up a guy on the buyout market or one of those guys dumped and pick up Norville Pell, give him his NBA contract. 
Um, so I don't think I don't think this is their set roster for the rest of the year. They'll probably do something like that, but uh, trading's obviously done. Uh, just for context, um, if anyone cares, the three picks that were sent out, so the 2020 Mavs second is the one that was acquired originally as a fake first um, in the Nerlens for Bogut, Justin Anderson, and a pick uh, deal. The 2021 uh, second was uh, actually bought. That, tr- that trade was Wilson Chandler and a second to the Sixers for cash. Uh, and the 2022 Raptors second was Malachi Richardson pick. The draft rights to Emir Prelzlik uh, and cash in exchange for cash. And then the pick that the Sixers got back from Orlando was the 2020 Lakers second, which was traded just in the last draft to get the 46 pick, which Lakers used to take Talon Horton Tucker. So that's where those picks all came from. Um, do you think this is enough, Max, to... Well, I mean, I'm not even going to ask that as a question because I'm just saying it as a statement. This is not enough to turn the team around because as my dad texts me. He's like, how do you feel about the picks? I'm like, they're good. But the biggest thing this team needs to do right now is just figure shit out, which we've been saying for a couple of episodes here when talking about... It would be a very different conversation if the team had the record they did and their home and road records are basically the same, right? Yeah. It would be a very... It'd be, I think if that were the case you would have seen a, probably a more likely move by Elton Brand to maybe say, well, fuck it, I got it wrong. Let's try to trade out Horford. Though at the t- uh, to put that aside, that was mentioned on the special of the jump today, and uh, Brian Woodhorse in the background said, um, basically, uh, no one wanted to pay that price. So I don't know how many people offered, what the offer was, whatever. But uh, if that were the case and you're like, okay, this is the team we are, you know, we are a sixth seed all the time, but they're not a sixth seed all the time. They're like the greatest team in the NBA when they're at home, and that's incredibly infuriating, as we talked about last time. And I think if that weren't the case, and you weren't seeing the tale of two teams like we talked about, uh, there probably would have been maybe a bigger move to say, like, listen, we're just not cutting it with the team we have. We need this jump. But we've seen them cut it with the team they have just only half the time. Um, so for them to really turn this around... I think they need to just get their shit together as it currently sits. I don't like the fit of Al Horford in that starting lineup or on the team in general, honestly, but that's the team they have right now and they got to do their best to make it work because it works at fucking home somehow. So you got to make it work all the time. And part of that uh, is it also came out today that there was a players only meeting yesterday. Love that, that terrifying three word phrase players only meeting. Um, And it was apparently either instigated or led or whatever by Josh Richardson. And uh, from what I understand from reports I've seen, the argument was basically, we got to figure this shit out. We, it's on us. We're the team, blah, blah, blah. But then the impetus was more or less put on Simmons and Embiid saying, like, this is your guys' team. Like, we play on your team. So, like, they got to step it up or, or play together better or, or work better together or figure something out. But I don't think he's wrong about that. Um, but I think that's more important to the future of this team than, you know, a couple of bench wings. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, and I think maybe the thing that, that could be more important than, than these trades is like who ends up being on the buyout market and whether they're able to scoop up one of those guys, like if Tyler Johnson or Tristan Thompson or Isaiah Thompson, any, there's any, any Thomas's Thomas. or Thompson's or Johnson's, I realized I said that cause I was thrown off any Thompson's or Thomas's or Johnson's or Jamas's are out there. If you can, if you can pull a Jamas out of here. You're in great shape. Would you take Evan Turner back if he gets bought out? No. I actually feel like he'd be kind of nice. I don't know, man. For what they need. They need I got they, real... they definitely they definitely still need a ball handler. Like I got, you look I, at yeah. 
you look at the roster, and as long as Josh Richardson's out, your only guys who can handle the ball are Simmons, Neto, and maybe Shake Milton. Right, but how well can Evan Turner handle the ball? I feel like we've been having this conversation since his rookie year where he's a ball handler in, like, abstract only. That's true. You know? I mean, I, I uh, saw, like, Reggie Jackson is a possible buyout. Yeah. That would be, I think, really nice. Um, Darren Collison probably... said his most recent update was that he's 50-50 on coming back. The word mm-hmm. seems to be that if he does come back, it'll be to one of the L.A. teams. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, for a second there, after Shams had tweeted that James Ennis was traded to Orlando and then immediately deleted the tweet. And I was like, what the fuck's going on here? I don't know why he deleted the tweet. But um, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, man, is it like, did he tweet too early? Is it part of a bigger deal? Is it like, um, yeah, I think Patrick Wall, she was like, do you think it's like a bigger package for like Evan Fournier? And I was like, no. But I went back, like all my tweets going back to like 2013 where I'm like, give me Evan Fournier on the Sixers. <laughs> so that would have been nice. But yeah, I mean, this was, I said to, to, again, our friend Patrick Wall, uh, I think yesterday, like the moves I see them making are these moves in the margins. Didn't they ever make any, any big splash? Um, I still, I did think they were probably going to move Mike Scott in a pick or Mike Scott and Zaire in a pick or something for something a little bit bigger. But, you know, maybe it, it didn't seem like maybe there was much interest there. Um, so we'll see how it all works out, you know. Uh, this isn't enough to like really pull them out of the funk they've been in, but... That's they not need to on. pull themselves out of the funk. It's exactly. not going to be not whoever they're going to trade for. Right. It's not on Little Dog and Alec Burks. You know. Should note um, now. So, is it that Glenn Robinson the uh, third was a sixer? Was he a sixer before anybody else who's currently on this team? I don't. Was he before Embiid? I think he was before Embiid. Played. He may have been the he may have been the 2013 season, in which case I think he was yes. 15. Let me look. I remember being um, at a game where he it was 2014-15. So he played before Embiid, but was on the team at the same time as Embiid. Yes. I remember season. there was a there was a game I was at where he was. It was right after he had started playing for the Sixers because uh, he only had a 10 game contract, um, and he played 10 games, but. Um, he was in the dunk line, like the warm up line, and he had warm up pants on, and he went through a behind or a between the legs dunk. And when he did that, he unclipped his pants, and they fell on the ground, and he almost tripped. So I remember <laughs> that. Yeah, he was 21 years old. So, yeah, he's, he's still young. Yeah, he's, he's still got some uh, some time to develop. He's 26. He's younger than Norval Pell. I know I said that about a lot of people, but he's younger than Norval Pell because Norval Pell just turned 27. Happy birthday, Norval Pell. Oh yeah, not super exciting deadline. Uh, I feel okay for, though. I feel I feel perfectly fine. They didn't fuck anything up, which I was worried about. Um, any notes you want to make about around the league stuff, uh, deals that you saw before we take a couple of questions? I mean, can we talk about the Wiggins deal? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I guess I, I just don't understand it. I know that's like everyone's reaction, but I. I just don't get why the Warriors would take on that salary when they're like seemingly they're in a position where they're going to. I guess they don't have a lot of flexibility because of the the amount of money guys in their roster are making. But like you at least you have those three guys. You have Dre, Clay, and Steph, um, and you kind of just go from there and like move things around as needed. You have a lot of salary to work with in terms of like making trades work. I just don't know why you would take on Andrew Wiggins at right like a hundred billion dollars over the next three years. 
And yeah, the pick, and I don't think, is going to be anything special. Wiggins is one of those Evan Turner guys, right? Where I think because of where he was picked and because of what he was projected as, a lot of people look at him and still see that projection and not the player that he is. No matter how what the contract is, and the idea is still, like, we can fix him. We'll make him that. You know, it's it's he's only not that because other people have failed him. We could fix him. We're so great. You know what? Maybe the Warriors can do that. The Warriors are unreal with this the same way the Spurs are. But he's not very good. And I don't know how he, like, yeah, he doesn't fit their players. Um, doesn't, fit, doesn't fit a lot of teams where they actually have established roles for good players around them. Um, and also, I mean, the Wolves, did they really get that much better? No. No. I mean, not I don't, I don't really know I mean, what they, they're doing not the, either. Not in but, the Covington deal either, yeah. I mean, they at least got out of Wiggins' contract, but... They're doing to it. Towns what they did to Kevin Love for years. Yep. Yeah. And to Garnett before that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, any other any other deals you want to talk about? You want to talk about Skull, um, Skull I, I, going somewhere? I forget where he went. I thought I thought an interesting one was Iguodala to the to the Heat. I think the that Heat was are gonna, a, that's just a that's it's a, weird yeah. and the and so he's thirty six now. Yeah, yeah, he just turned thirty six nine days ago. Happy birthday, Andre! Um, but yeah, they signed him to a two year extension past this year for thirty million dollars mm-hmm. total. Which I mean, I think the I think the Heat are going to be really good. This yeah. year and probably next year too. Um, so I, I'm pretty excited about them. It, it kind of sucks that I think it adds another team to the East that I'm not as worried about the Pacers. I'm not as worried about the Celtics. But like, I think that Heat team actually can could beat us in a in a seven game series. Unfortunately, Dude, when there was talk about maybe them possibly throwing Gallinari and getting Gallinari in there too, I was about to just yeah. fucking call it a season. <laughs> that would have sucked. They're still very good. Yeah, because that team is built. The way the Sixers should be built around. So they built around Jimmy Butler, or they have the team around Jimmy Butler, the way that it should be built around Simmons and Embiid, which is just guys who just don't stop shooting the ball, and they shoot it really well. And I know that's hard to do, and that's why not every team is built that exact way, but like, I'm very envious of the way that that team is structured around their... Around basically Bam and Butler. The way that team is structured around them is very... Mm-hmm. Very appealing. Um, yeah, that's, you know... Dwayne Dedman is a, a, a hawk again for some reason. A weird deal. Um, yeah, strange day. Generally, small a lot of small stuff. Uh, Andre Drummond is in Cleveland. Poor Andre. That's Drummond. a weird one. It's a weird one. Yeah. I don't know, man. Um, what was the other one that uh, I was surprised that Tyler Johnson didn't get traded from the Suns. Yeah. Decent player. They don't really need him. He's on a nineteen million dollar expiring. Suns didn't do anything today. I don't. They didn't do anything, and it's uh, yeah. yeah. I was surprised. I feel like the the Warriors were the only team. I feel like that, that really went all in on what the Sixers did. You know, when they were rebuilding, which is just like, yeah, we don't need that young Evan Turner and Spencer Hawes. Like we're just gonna dump yeah. them, and even if we don't right. get that much back, like whatever we get is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was kind of surprised the Warriors were the only team to really do that, and also they didn't really get that much. Like. The Sixers got a mid-first-round pick for Thad. Um, and you traded... I mean, I know Thaddeus Young's a better player and has a longer history than Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson III, but like you packaged both those guys and got three fake seconds, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. Should we, take, All around. should we take some questions? I know you, yeah. you reached out for some questions earlier today. 
I got a handful here. Uh, Ed Rose asks, do you think the report that Elton won't trade Toby or Al is because he believes they can win with them or because no one wants them and he's defending his signings? I think for Al, it's it's nobody wants him and he's defending yeah. his player. I think for Harris, I actually would like to keep. Like It, it would depend yeah. on what they were getting, but I, I'm totally fine with Tobias Harris. I know he's making a lot of money, but I think he he's been really clutch for them and like pretty consistent for most Better of the year. Four. And, and he, fit, and he when, fits. And when Al's not there, yeah, yeah, and he, yeah, um, he fits. He fits well, no matter what the team looks like in the next few years, as long as you have Embiid and Simmons. Right. If I think also, you know, if you're a GM, and and this is not to say because I would I would have loved for them to have to trade out. If you're a GM and you sign a guy to a three year deal or a four year deal or a five year deal, whatever it is, and then in the first half of the first season it's kind of janky and then you just cut bait and trade them at a low value you're not gonna be a gm for very long you know you can make bad deals and I, there's there's something different you said for cut and bait when it's at it's you know worst but there's plenty of time to trade out Horford this offseason too i mean it's not like it's it's a weird thing to say because like you it's your pot committed at this point but like that shouldn't be against you but there's no reason to sell them at as low as possible value which is what it is right now if you think for basically the reason that you got him too was to be uh, a defensive stopper in the playoffs, we're not even at the playoffs yet. So I don't necessarily think it's one or the other. Um, I'm sure people reached out, but they probably just offered low ball stuff because of the contract Durangander and there's no there's no one who's like our one missing piece is Al Horford. Um, but I think he also does believe he can win with both of those guys. Otherwise, he wouldn't have signed them. Yeah. Um, I also think you just have to you have to hope that that Horford kind of digs himself out of the hole this year. Like, I don't believe that Al Horford in the last year has become a significantly worse player. Like, everything is way down. Like, he's shooting 45% from the floor, 32% from three. After shooting almost 54% from the floor last year, 36% from three. Like, that that doesn't just happen in a year. Um, What happened to Tobias Harris? Yeah, but I feel like Tobias Harris is... I feel more confident actually about him getting out of that funk than than Horford. But I, I, it's like, I guess it's, like a, it's hope, like a full season funk at this point, though. That's true. I guess you just hope that Horford. You hope that Horford pulls himself out of it enough to at least be not a bad contract. Because after yeah. this year, he has two years at twenty-seven ish million, and then that third year, it's partially guaranteed for fourteen. And yeah. you can even stretch him at that point, and it's totally manageable. So I think I think that after this year and maybe the next year. It becomes a pretty tradable contract as long mm-hmm. as he's not completely washed, um, yeah. and you and you hope that he is able to pull himself into like adding a little bit of value until you get to that point. Yes. Um, Dan asked Neto or it. I think it. I think it too. Even though I mean, essentially, what you're getting in it is a slightly better shooting, but even smaller Trey Burke. Um, whereas Neto is at least more of a playmaker passer, which I think seems to be why Brett Brown likes him, and I guess Elton Brand likes him as well. Um, but I mean, the ideal scenario would be that neither of those guys would actually play many minutes. Obviously, now it's been working, but that's the ideal situation. Once Richardson's back, and you know, hoping that Richardson and Ben and the other guard types stay healthy, you won't see many Neto minutes anyway, as it is. So. Probably IT over Neto, but ideally neither because it doesn't really make shouldn't really be swinging your games either way. 
The thing too is, it feels like it is a million years old. He's thirty. Like he turns thirty-one this week. Yeah, like, but he, I mean, he could still have some basketball left. Like, oh, for sure. But it seems like you know he's one of those guys where, unfortunately for him, there's something he's doing wrong. Is that the, one of the reasons why it seems like he's so much older than he is? Is because he has so many injuries where he missed time and seasons cut short and this and that. Where you know he was, people forget too, and like because you know he's a small guy and he's been so hurt recently and had all these things and fell off a bit, but. It was very good for for a good while there, especially for a guy of his size. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, those injuries just they seem to make your career spread out longer. And also, yeah, he's thirty, but like, is he like more like a thirty-four? I mean, he put up twenty-nine things. a game three years ago. Like, yeah, right. But you know, I, I know yeah, he's not that anymore. Think... But I but I think he maybe you get a little bit of that like Derrick Rose thing where he's he's not going to be what he was before, but. Um, he's not having a bad season either. He's shooting 40, no. 41% from three on a good number of attempts, 12 yeah. points a game in 23 minutes. Like, that's better than Neto, right? Right, but that's you, if Neto is playing 23 minutes, like, this would be a much worse team. You don't need that person yeah. doing that, basically. There's, there's a reason he's a buyout candidate, right? Yes. Yes. Um, here's, <laughs> here's one. From uh, Rye underscore Campbell Soup. Do you think uh, Glenn Robinson III and Burks will shoot the three ball percentage-wise better, worse, or the same since the Sixers are basically cursed in that department? Uh, from logically, you, you should think it'll be higher just because they're playing with better talent around them and you have Embiid who you know sucks in some of the defense. You have Simmons who can find open shooters. I have to say it's going to be lower, though. Like I just I don't trust... I don't tr- trust Glenn Robinson to keep up shooting 40% from three. Like, I think they're both having um, unusually good seasons shooting the ball. Um, so I, I think it'll be down, but yeah. I think that's more just because it's been a little fluky in the other direction, more of like a regression to the mean than, than sure. a curse. Yeah, well, it is a curse, though. It's true. It's really happening. Uh, I only have one last question. We'll have to make it pretty short. Hopefully get it up for you guys before the game tonight. Um this is from the WizWit. It's uh, Mary Fuck Kill, Bolden, Kylo Quinn, Pell. I'll go first, give you a second to think about it. Yeah. You marry Norville Pell, a.k.a. you give him his NBA contract. You fuck Kylo Quinn, a.k.a. you keep him around for a little bit and see what happens about market, and then you get rid of him. And you kill Jonah Bolden, as in you should have traded him last year. I totally agree with all of that. That's cool. exactly, exactly what I would go with. All right. I feel very well, strongly about marrying Norville Pell, too. Yeah, very strongly. Um well, uh, this was great. This is uh, a fun time. Uh, Going to get this up for you before the Bucks game tonight. If you listen to it after, feel free to react angrily towards us being what seems like quasi-optimistic, although obviously the new acquisitions will not be playing tonight. Um, we'll not be playing at least until the next game. Um, uh, sadly, we have to watch a game on national TV tonight, which will suck with the announcers and their storylines. Watch it on mute if you have to. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys very soon. See ya. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.